from Nashville, Tennessee and broadcasting around the world. You have now crossed over to the far side. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to yet another edition of The Mysterious Oddity of Podcasting, where stories of the strange and unusual are always a welcome companion. Tonight, we are going to dive into American history as never before. We're not talking about that boring and at times inaccurate history taught in school, but rather the supernatural history that shaped the country we now know as the United States of America. Our guest this evening is Tim Swartz, and Tim does have a really good book out titled America's Strange and Supernatural History, which you can find by going to thefarside.tv slash strange history. And without further ado, Tim, welcome to The Far Side. Why, thank you very much, Bob. It's a pleasure to be with you today. It's a pleasure to have you here with us. The true accounts in your latest book, America's Strange and Supernatural History, should be taught in classrooms in every state, in my opinion. Oh, thank you. I agree. (laughs) Uh, When I was in school, they taught boring history, sometimes inaccurate history. And I was like, uh, where's the good stuff? And with your book, we're getting the good stuff. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, you know, unfortunately, that's um, uh, they don't they don't teach things in school to well, you know, they don't teach it to entertain, but they don't teach it in order to um, uh, inflame your imagination either. Uh, and it's it's just worse anymore when everything just seems to be a, a rote memorization in order to pass uh, you know standardized test. So yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with you. I mean, you know, learning would be a lot more interesting if they did uh, uh, put things uh, kind of like you know what I have in America Strange and Supernatural History. So yeah, I I I agree with that, and you know. All, all these, uh, all these schools across the nation should uh, should buy my books as textbooks as well. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would be very happy with that. Oh, I bet you would. Mm-hmm. Sell uh, what over a million copies in one day? You'd be happy. No, well, yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I imagine that any any author of, um, you know, the, the paranormal, UFOs, you know, weird history, anything like that, I mean, they, oh my gosh, that would just be, that, they would just be an ecstasy to manage to sell that many books in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, face it, uh, uh, it these sort of subjects, while people are really interested in them, they never sell, say, like you know, a Stephen King or or or, or something like that. Mm-mm. You know, I mean, it's it's very very rare. I mean, I can't I can't think of anything just off the top of my head. Any any book uh, from you know, like friends of mine, um, that has sold anywhere close to something like that. So, oh yeah, that. That would just be, you know, you just might as well just pack it up and, you know, call it a life at that point if that happened. (laughs) What I find strange is that if you were to take some of these accounts and put them into a fictional book, you could possibly sell millions of copies. But saying that this is factual, a lot of people don't want to touch it. And that's strange, in my opinion. Mm, Well, you know... uh... 
it's not so strange to me because the you know one of the things that I have discovered over the years and and you know that was I I think that was one of the reasons that that I got interested in in this type of stuff to begin with is that people who do have these kinds of experiences most people now you know I mean you know, everybody is different but the I think the majority of people who have experiences like this um, it it first of all it scares them. Um, next, they don't have any place to pigeonhole that type of experience within their, you know, like you know, within their lifetime experiences. Um, so it's just they 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 don't know how to react to it. Um, you know, people like us who who are who are interested in these kinds of things and have you know done the research that are knowledgeable about it, we wouldn't be that surprised if, you know, say you saw a ghost coming down. Well, I mean, you'd be surprised if you saw a ghost coming down the hallway. But, I mean, you wouldn't just have a you know, complete uh, life meltdown like a lot of people would. And it's it's because they're they're afraid that they're going crazy, first of all. Um, they're, they're afraid that people are going to make fun of them. And, uh, and and then they're just they're just afraid because it's so outside of their range of experiences that they just don't know how to react to it. So most people just uh, generally tend to forget about it. Um, I would say that that everybody, at least one time over the, uh, in their life, has had some kind of unusual experience. And most people just tend to forget about it, you know, laugh it off. Oh, well, you know, it was, you know, swamp gas or, you know, I drank too much or, you know, say something along those lines. And, uh, and, 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 and that's, you know, I, I think that's one of the reasons, you know, why people just have a tendency just, just, to, just to ignore um, you know, these kinds of uh, experiences when they do run across them. Mm -hmm. How did you first become intrigued by the outer edge of history and of uh, supernatural occurrences? Well, you know, uh, a lot of people that I'm sure that you know, have been on your show have said, oh, well, you know, I was interested in this kind of stuff, you know, since I was a little kid. And it, it wasn't quite the case for me. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, I was more, you know, I was interested in science. You know, I wanted to be a scientist. and But, I mean, you know, I liked, uh, uh, like, race cars and things like that. I mean, I grew up in central Indiana. So, I mean, you know, the Indianapolis 500 was, was always a, a, a big deal for me. So um, it wasn't until sometime – I think it, it may have been like third grade when uh, we used to have a thing – and maybe they still have it. I don't know. Uh, uh, used to have a thing called the Weekly Reader, and uh, Scholastic Books used to put that out. You know, mm -hmm. Scholastic, Scholastic Books is still around, but I don't know if the Weekly Reader is still around. And it used to be you know, like a, uh, a conglomerate of uh, the week's uh, news, you know, kind of dumbed down for a, a, a younger audience. And um, every week, one particular you know, one person in the class was picked and was given a story, uh, an article out of the Weekly Reader, and then they had the weekend to you know write a little essay on it and then give it in front of the class. And uh, you know, at, at at one point or another, I mean, it was everybody's day. You know, it ended up being everybody's everybody's day in the barrel at least at least once during the school year. So when when it came to my turn. My story was about UFOs. There had been a, a, a small UFO flap going on in the United States at that time. 
And so there was uh, articles, I mean, actually being written about it in the newspaper. I mean, that's, that's, that's something you don't see that often anymore. So, I mean, I, I knew nothing about UFOs. And so, I mean, I wrote, I wrote my essay based, you know, probably just cribbed entirely from the article and, uh, and then presented it in front of the class. And, you know, you would think that that would have been the end of it, but it wasn't. It, uh, I then became, you know, like the flying saucer guy. Uh, uh, that was, you know, kids are always looking for something to, to make fun of you about. And, uh, that, that ended up being, uh, uh, uh my albatross around my neck was that, you know, I believed in the, in flying saucers and Martians and little green men and things like that. And, but as time went by, the funny thing that I noticed was that people that, uh, you know, would come and make fun of you in front of your face, in front of, you know, like uh, all, all your friends and things, would then later come up to you by themselves and say, well, you know, I don't believe in that kind of stuff, but I saw, you know, or my family's house is haunted or da-da-da, something, something. And they wanted a sympathetic ear. They wanted to be. Um, they wanted somebody to talk to about it. I mean, uh, you know, they they, uh, you know, they just they just wanted to know that um, I would listen to them without making fun of them or make you know a judgment call or or anything like that. And you know, and that's you know, the, as as I grew up, I mean, it it, it was the same thing, you know, and, and still to this day, you know, people will will. Uh, write me letters or send me an email and, and, you know, tell me their stories. Not so much that, um, they want publicity or, you know, most of the time, you know, they'll say, please don't tell anybody about this. Please don't, you know, uh, tell anybody my name. They just want to know that they're not the only one who have had these kinds of experiences and that they're not crazy. And most of the time, once they get it off their chest, then they're fine. I mean, you know, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll go on, they'll go on with their their lives, and, and that'll be it. And that's what really got me interested in this subject was the fact that people were having these experiences, but they didn't want publicity. You know, they didn't want to make a buck off of it. You know, that's you know, that's one of the things that uh, skeptics and debunkers just love to focus on with with people who have these types of experiences. You know, they're just like, oh, you know, you just made this. This up so you can make some money, you know. And and the majority of people who have these experiences have no interest in that at all. They just want somebody to tell their story to and not worry about being made fun of, you know. Because I mean, you know, even even your family will will <laughs> tease you to death if, if they know that you've had a, a, an experience like this. And oh my gosh, you know, like especially say. You live in a small town, and it gets out that you know your house is haunted, or or you know you saw a UFO or things like that. Oh my gosh, it just never ends. You know, you think about, uh, 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 especially like small town uh, policemen who have had a UFO experience while on their job. You know, a lot of them end up um, either getting fired or quitting. Just because it just never ends with people and, and even their own colleagues just just teasing them unmercifully, you know, and, uh, and and that's really that's what got me going with all of this is that people have these experiences they they don't know um, they don't know what's going on they want to talk about it 
a little bit, but they don't really want it to get out. And they just want to know that they're not crazy, that what they had was real, that other people, you know, that they're not alone, that other people have have had experiences like this. And uh, and that's that's what really has, inter- uh, you know, got my interest all these years. Yes. I have an aunt who works as a nurse, and she was actually transferred from the main hospital to a psychiatric ward, which was an entirely different building. And she only worked there for maybe a week before quitting. Hmm. And when I asked her what was going on, she just pretty much was saying it's haunted. Hmm. The crazy place was haunted by crazy ghosts, and she didn't want anything to do with that. Wow. Now that's 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 see now that's intriguing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I've heard stories like that before, that uh, um, uh, you know, places that uh, you know institutions, um, uh, especially you know institutions where 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 people spent like almost their entire life and then and then passed away there, that they end up being haunted and that that the spirits are still just as just as crazy. As they were before they died. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's, I've, I've, I've heard that a lot. <laughs> that bothers me though, that if I'm crazy in this life, I don't have any chance in the afterlife of being sane. That bothers me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that is, that's, that's a disturbing thought, <laughs> you know, but, but who knows? I mean, um, you know, the, uh, uh, Hawaiian mythology, you know, with the, the, the original people who, who lived there before, you know, everybody else came there, they have it that we contain at least seven different spirits, souls, you know, whatever you, you would wow. have it. And that uh, each one of those represents like a different part of our personality. You know, you have you know you have one that's basically just almost just like a robot. That that you know that's that's what uh, gets you through. You know your 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 daily activity. You know, getting up in the morning. You know, brushing your teeth. But you know, just just the things that you do automatically. And then you know, and and then you have like your your consciousness, as we think of you know consciousness. And then you would have like your your meta consciousness, which would be almost like uh, the equivalent of uh, you know your higher. Uh, and consciousness, or consciousness, or, or almost like a uh, like a like a spirit guide. But each one of those, then, once it's separated with, uh, from your your body, goes on. You know, since since life is eternal, but then you know each one of them then, then continues. You know, doing what it does, and that's you know that that would be their explanation for like uh, say like poltergeist experiences. You know, because a poltergeist seems to be almost extremely childlike and, and very, you know, like quick, uh, you know, quick tempered and, and, and robotic almost. And uh, so, you know, it, it, it wouldn't, it, you know, a scenario like that, uh, uh, you know, to me, doesn't sound like it would be that unfeasible mm-hmm. uh, when you when you think about uh, um uh, situations, you know, like your like your aunt talked about, that you know, there there could be that that part of a person's personality that uh, that stays uh, crazy. I hate to use that word, but you know, men, you know, mentally ill, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then just continues going about its activities like it did when it was alive. But I mean, there would be no consciousness to it, like we think of of, of consciousness that has already gone on, you know, to its you know to the great reward or whatever happens, you know, after we pass on. Mm-hmm. 
That is something what uh, another guest had once spoke about, is that when we pass over, our higher self goes on wherever we go to, but our lower self can stay around, our less intelligent self. Yeah, you know, to me, that makes a lot of sense when you think about, especially, you know, the early days of the development of uh, uh, the spiritualism movement, Uh, you know, when people would have uh, seances and the spirits would, you know, like, and, and, and come and talk through spirit mediums and things like that. You know, a lot of times... Uh, these spirits um, seem to almost be suffering from a form of amnesia. You know, they may be able to remember, you know, like bits and pieces of their their former life, but it's it's you know it's it's almost like uh, like they're talking to somebody who is partially asleep. You know, so I mean, you know, an explanation like that. Uh, uh, would make a lot of sense if uh, if that scenario mm-hmm. you know, uh, that that your previous guest had uh, talked about. I know you just mentioned not long ago that you're from Indiana. Mm-hmm. I yes. have a friend from there as well. Uh, so let's start with some of the strange history from your home state, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh yeah. Well, um, you know, I would uh, I would say that. Uh, Every place, you know, uh, uh, in this world has some kind of uh, some kind of strange you know, history. You know, you say you're from from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, Tennessee has uh, um, uh, 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 Bigfoot and all kinds of uh, uh, cryptids that have been sighted uh, 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 there. I was going to say down there, but. That really all depends where you're. <laughs> yeah, for me, for me, it's down there. So, so and yeah. you're up there, so that's right. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, uh, Indiana, even before the, uh, the the settlers came here, you know, the uh, um, uh, the Native Americans uh, for a large portion of the state didn't live here permanently. Um, they they used Indiana more uh, like as as a hunting ground, and uh, I mean they would they would summer here, but um, never on a permanent basis like they would do say over in uh, uh, Michigan, Illinois, Ohio, or places like that. And one of the reasons was that there were certain parts of the state, central Indiana and and southern Indiana, um, that they felt. Um, was um, um, already claimed. Uh, you know, in, in central Indiana, we have um, uh, you know what are called you know the uh, the, the Hopewell uh, uh, Indian mounds, as, the, as they're referred to, and those are uh, ancient uh, structures that nobody really. Nobody really knows. I mean, uh, you know, you know, some of the experts say that yeah, you know, I mean, these were you know, um, you know. Old Native Americans, you know, who 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 built these, you know, before the the later uh, Native American immigrants came through. But that's basically just kind of uh, um, speculation. the The Native Americans who 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 came here later on, they said that the uh, the burial mounds or the Indian mounds were built by a race of giants, and that these places were were taboo. That you know you you weren't allowed to live there. You know you you know you could hunt there, you could pass through, but anybody who lived there, um, you know that it it wouldn't be very good for them. And and there was also um, 
they believed, and and this continues up until this this day. Um, they they believe that the uh, the the river the rivers especially uh, uh, were were occupied by a race of um, tiny people pygmies mm. almost by the name they called them uh, pukujis and uh, uh, there's the the the, the mythology actually I mean it uh, it goes uh, across like through uh, Pennsylvania and uh, over around into the uh, the East Coast area as well and um, now the uh, the Native Americans here in Indiana they they felt that the the Pukujis were actually physical beings I mean they weren't like you know a spiritual or you know or, or like like fairies or, mm-hmm. or, or anything like that, but that these were just, you know, like actual physical creatures that lived in uh, like little caves, especially along the, the, the riverbanks, but they weren't very friendly to anybody else. I mean, you had to be careful because they would, uh, the Pukujis would just as soon uh, uh, cut your throat and look at you. Could these Pukujis be uh, related to the dwarfs of today or the little people of today they might have been mistaken as creatures when they were really just oh, little no, people no. that yeah who, who have like you know birth birth defects or or, or genetic uh, uh problems no they they felt that the the, the pukujis were a, a a race all their own they you know they felt that they were human but that all of them were um diminutive in size that i mean they were they were distinctly different from uh human beings uh you know and that uh, um, and and they were given a very uh, a very wide berth you know uh now see like it was say kind of the same situation with uh, the the giants that supposedly lived um here in indiana and and of course you know the 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 giant myths um, go all across the the, the Midwest, uh, down you know Kentucky and Tennessee, mm-hmm. and down into the South as well. And, and in fact, you know archaeologists, especially in the early 19th century, uh, uh, dug up a lot of uh, 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 giant bones that have uh, you know unfortunately mysteriously vanished uh, you know over the over the years. But the uh, the Native Americans, I mean, they they definitely felt that you know these were actually you know they, these are actually physical beings that they were different from the Native Americans, and in fact, some of the earlier uh, Native American mythologies, when they came to these areas, there were still uh, giants living here that uh, weren't you know like kind of like the Pukwujis, they weren't very happy with the uh, migrating Native Americans coming through, and there was uh, you know like a lot of great battles. And that the Native Americans finally won out, and uh, you know either killed all the giants or, or drove them out west. Um, and and in fact, there are um, Native American mythologies out west that talk about uh, giants that suddenly appeared from the east and uh, you know tried to take over their lands. And uh, you know, and, and again, there was you know, like a, a great battles, and finally the Na- Native Americans uh, won. Um, so I mean, you know, like uh, you have those uh, myths right, right from the very beginning, and then as uh, uh, the 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 settlers uh, from Europe started moving over, you know, we had uh, the the French were one of the first who actually uh, settled in this area. They came down, you know, from uh, the Lake Michigan area, following uh, the the White and Wabash rivers, 
uh, down, and they brought with them uh, tales of uh, the the Lupkaru, or you know, or werewolf as as we refer it today. And you know, it's 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 kind of a funny thing because um, those stories still persist uh, to this day. People still see in uh, Indiana, Illinois, and and especially Wisconsin uh, 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 creatures that look, you know. You know, like uh, almost like a giant wolf walking on its hind legs, you know, uh, and and the people who see these things, you know, they see, because a lot of uh, researchers who are more on to say like the 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 Bigfoot bend, you know, a Sasquatch bend, you know, like oh well, you know, maybe you saw you know a Bigfoot. And these people say no, this this did not look like a human being. This looked like a big wolf walking on its hind legs. It had pointed ears, it had a snout, and its legs were built differently than a, uh, you know, like a, a, a humanoid type of, of creature. There, there's a writer in Wisconsin that she has done extensive, uh, Linda Godfrey, she has done extensive research into the whole uh, uh, werewolf or, 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 you know, like a cryptid wolf. I hate to say werewolf because, you know, that brings to mind the the universal movies with the full moon and things, <laughs> and things like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, these are, these are cryptids, uh, uh that, that look like, uh, like giant, uh, giant wolves. Uh, and, uh, in Indiana, people have had experiences where they'll be, uh, uh, driving along the road. There was one case, this was near Noblesville, which is a, uh, a, a town just north of Indianapolis. And uh, now it's, it's been pretty much encroached upon by Indianapolis. But when this, uh, when this sighting took place, Noblesville was pretty much a town on its own and, you know, surrounded, uh, uh, you know, by, by cornfields and things like that. And, and uh, these people saw what they first thought was a, like a big dog or coyote or, you know, I mean, they really didn't think about wolf because, you know, there's supposed to be no wolves in Indiana. But this uh, cated type of, uh, of animal ran in front of their car and then it stopped and it stood up on its hind legs. Mm. And then they could see that it was a lot bigger than they thought it was. That it was it was even bigger than a than a than a human. It they they said it was about seven feet tall, and that its eyes were glowing red. And they weren't reflecting red from the light, but they said that it looked like the light was coming from inside the wolf and uh, and and glowing outward. They said it it it, it turned and it looked at them, and they they said you know I mean it it's. It just kind of, gosh, I like I put the fear of God into them. They they said they all just were just instantly terrified. You know, naturally, you know, you see something like that, you're going to be scared. But they said that they were just hit with just like this overwhelming fear. Everybody in the car at the same time, and then and then it just turned and continued walking on its hind feet hmm. uh, uh, off the road and uh, and and then into the cornfield. So I mean, you know, that's uh, that's 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 some of the uh, you know, like the 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 the, the good uh, uh, and weird things that uh, people have seen. Of course, I mean, you know, we also have uh, 
There's Lake Manitou in northern Indiana, which uh, uh, has its uh, uh, its equivalent of, say, like the Loch Ness monster. We have the the Lake Manitou monster, and again, you know, that's that's something that uh, the Native Americans uh, told the settlers when they came here that yeah, this uh, this this lake is not a good lake. There's a there's a monster living in it, and uh, for and I mean, up until modern times, you know, people have seen you know some kind of large who knows what, you know, living in this lake. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, uh, people have seen, you know, like the, the traditional humps in the water. Some people have seen, you know, almost like the, uh, uh, like a dinosaur type of head, uh, you know, coming out, you know, like, like you've seen the pictures from, from, from Loch Ness. So, I mean, I would say that uh, practically any kind of, uh, of, of cryptid that you can think about, they, uh, people have seen them here in Indiana. Well, I'll tell you what, if you're much of a fisherman, I'll join you on the lake and we'll see if we can catch it. Yeah. Well, you know, I've I've been to Lake Manitou uh, several times, and it's uh, uh, it's it's not a huge lake. I mean, it's it's a natural lake, and uh, now the shores are. I mean, there's there's houses all over the place, and uh, there there haven't been um, as many uh, sightings in you know, like say you know, like, uh, you know, like up in you know, like the 1900s, and you know, up into you know the 2000s. Um, but uh, you know, you would you would think that with uh, with all the houses and people who now live in the area, they'd probably be there would be more sightings. Uh, but there haven't been. Now, uh, at one time in the 1930s, somebody actually caught a uh, a, a giant uh, a catfish out of that lake. Mm. So I mean, and, and this was a this was a big catfish. They actually took it and displayed it at the uh, the local courthouse and there was pictures taken taken of it. So I mean, you know, it's not unreasonable to to think that, you know, that these sightings may have been caused by, you know, a, you know, big a big fish like a like a catfish or 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 even a um um oh gosh, I can't think of the name of it now. Um uh, Gosh, you, know, you get uh, you get caviar uh, from its from its eggs, uh, but it's uh, th- this fish. I mean, it's 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 very prehistoric looking. It has it has almost like you know they grow very very big and uh, and live a long time and and they have like bony plates um, on their on their backs and uh, so I mean something like that could you know could easily be mistaken for you know a, a, a cryptid. Um, but you know, then again, there there are a lot of cryptid sightings in places that you wouldn't expect um, something like that, and and I, I suspect that maybe not all, but a, a majority of cryptids may not be physical creatures as we think of physical creatures. You mm-hmm. know, you know, people for years have said that they have seen um, mountain lions. Uh, here in Indiana, well, all the you know experts say, well, you know, there haven't been mountain lions in Indiana, you know, for you know a hundred years, and and but see now with uh, trail cams and things like that, you know, it's been confirmed. Yeah, we still have mountain lions here in Indiana, and uh, they've uh, um, uh, uh, they've been seen, you know, practically every place else as well. I mean, I know uh, Kentucky and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there. You know, there's mountain lions, uh, but uh, you know, not that long ago, people would say that they saw a mountain lion, and uh, you know, they'd be said, "Ah, you're nuts." You know, you saw a big, <laughs> you, you know, you saw a big dog or a house cat or something like that, and, and, and these people, they're like, 
uh, I know the difference between a large cat and a big dog. So, you know, you have things like that. But then you have, there was a, there was an incident in a town called Rising Sun, Indiana, where for a number of weeks, uh, uh, several households, uh, you know, it kind of, you know, it, you know, this is a rural area, um, had problems with a Bigfoot type of creature that seemed supernatural almost. That's about the best way that I could describe it. I mean, you know, uh, it, it was physical enough that it would break into chicken coops and kill the chickens. Uh, but then it would, uh, when people would see it, it looked almost transparent. Hmm. And, and once again, I mean, this was a thing that had uh, like uh, uh, big red eyes, big glowing red eyes, but um, it would just suddenly vanish from in front of uh, the witnesses. Uh, people would see its footprints and they would track it and then the footprints would just like disappear in the middle of a field. You know, so I mean, I don't think it's uh, it's it's unreasonable to say that that some of these cryptid sightings may have a paranormal element to them, whatever you want to classify paranormal you know, mm-hmm. as. You know, could it be the same creature, but that it's a shapeshifter? Oh yeah, yeah, yes, it 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 could very well be. You know, the uh, uh, the late author John Keel speculated that there is a like a uh, like a field of energy that that surrounds that surrounds us. I mean, not not only this planet, but just you know, it, it it permeates the entire universe. That it either could have an intelligence of its own, or it may be easily manipulated by our consciousness, by the you know human consciousness, and that from within this field of energy can uh, appear. Um, just you know all kinds of things that we would classify as unusual or you know paranormal or or, or supernatural i mean he even speculated that uh, a lot of uh, ufo sightings and the 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 occupants that were seen coming out of these crafts and then the associative phenomena uh, with these experiences, say like the men in black, uh, were all examples of the manipulation of, of this this energy field that that surrounds us. You know, he said. You know, he felt that that this field actually did have uh, a consciousness and an intelligence, but that it was um, rudimentary almost, and that um, it was it it. it it was brought into me into being more from our um, our collective consciousness that our belief systems could actually produce them. Uh, you know, at one time people used to believe in you know like gods and angels and demons and things like that, and and they would see them. You know, people. You know, I mean, there's there's all kinds of historical writings of people having experiences with angels and and and, and demons and fairies and what have you. Um, well, you know, we don't believe in things like that anymore. Uh, you know, we believe now in uh, um, extraterrestrials coming out of flying saucers, and that's and that's what people are seeing. You know, two hundred years from now. Uh, if we no longer believe in stuff like that, but believe in something else, then all likelihood that's what people will be seeing and experiencing. Um, 
So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, it could be very well that, uh, that we're dealing with a phenomenon that is, you know, like a shapeshifter, uh, you know, a, as you described it. But, you know, that, you know, calling it just a shapeshifter is, is uh, um, just kind of a simplistic, you know, word for a much larger phenomenon that, that is really just on the realm of our understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, I told you about my friend who's from Indiana as well. She often talks about turning people into frogs. I, I think that's something she really wants to do. And she's going <laughs> to hear this. But in, in your book, I found it interesting that there was were actually a uh, group of witches called, I can't really pronounce it, but you also had it as a nightmare, mm-hmm. where they would turn men into horses and ride them. Yeah, that. Uh, um, that that actually that was part of the uh, uh, like the the the, the loop guru uh, mythologies, you know, because the you know the loop guru doesn't necessarily have to be a werewolf. Mm. You know, a, a loop guru can be any kind of of shape shifting creature. Okay. You know, us- usually it starts with a human being. You know, with the ability to change into whatever. I mean, you know, we even have stories of uh, loop guru cows. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, uh, you, you have people who um, uh, uh, who claim that they have supernatural abilities over other human beings, and and have the ability to not only shape shift themselves. But to shapeshift, uh, you know, un, you know, other unfortunate individuals. You know, usually the people that uh, you know that these legends say, you know, that that uh, have been turned into these creatures may not necessarily be, you know, like the um, like sin-free uh, uh, people, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, usually, usually, you know, like these. And I hate to ter- I hate to use the term witches, but uh, you know, uh, the I'll just I'll just I'll just use that anyway. But uh, you know, the these witches are able to turn these people into you know, like I said, like a horse to be able to ride them. You know, because these people have done something themselves. That that you know that wasn't very nice. You know, would, you know, would be considered a, an affront to God. You know, maybe they didn't go to church enough, or you know, sang a, sang a song on on the Sabbath. You know, just you know things that nowadays we would think would be you know would be pretty stupid. You know, but uh, back you know back in that time, you know, stuff like that was really considered uh, uh, you know true, and uh, you know, and, and I think that. Um, our belief systems have uh, an awful lot uh, uh, to do with the ability to make these things possible. Uh, you know, again, it goes back to you know people used to believe in uh, you know gods and demons and angels, and uh, and then they would have experiences involving those. And so, you know, if you have uh, um, if you have a group of people who may be uh, who may have um, enhanced psychic abilities and, and and you know I'll use the word psychic because I mean that's that's you know we, we really don't have a lot of good words to to, to talk about these enhanced uh, abilities but you know you have somebody who can um, maybe a little bit more easily manipulate the uh, uh, you know our quantum reality and uh, and then can influence use these abilities to influence the minds of others who who may be susceptible 
mm-hmm. uh, to this type of influence. And, um, you know, it, it, it may not be that difficult then to, uh, uh, to create a, uh, um, a, a shapeshifter. Uh, you know, uh, and, I, and I was going to talk about the, talk about this a little earlier when we were um, when we were talking about the the Native American uh, legends in this in this area and other legends and, and other areas. But you know, the Native Americans used to feel that um, the Bigfoot, Sasquatch, whatever you want to call them, that um, a lot of them actually used to be human beings at one time. You know, human hmm. beings like, like like you and me. And that through some kind of circumstance, either they were cursed or they were in the wrong place at the wrong time, um, became uh, Sasquatches themselves, and uh, and and you know, or, or wild men, and uh, or, and went off into the woods. I mean, you have the same you have the same ideas uh, up in Canada with the Wendigo, Wendigo. I think that's how I pronounce it, you know, the, which would be like, you know, cannibalistic type of, uh, of, of, of wild men mm-hmm. that the, that these things were people at one time, but say they got lost out into the wilderness. And then for some reason they, they shapeshifted into these creatures. And, you know, the funny thing about it is, is that, um, I, I have run across several stories. I don't, I, I can think of one story, uh, in, in particular, where I mean, this this woman told me, told this to me directly that um, her husband uh, um, disappeared one day. He 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 left to go to work, and uh, a little while later, she looked and his car was still there in the driveway. Um, the car door was open, but his uh, um, you know his, his lunch pail had uh, was. Uh, um, was still there, you know, it was fallen and it was outside the car, but he was gone and he never came back again. And about a year later, one night, uh, she heard, uh, uh, some noise outside and she switched on the porch light and there was, uh, a, a Bigfoot type creature standing in the backyard looking at the house. She said she could see it, you know, very clearly illuminated by the porch light. Mm-hmm. And she said it looked at her in the eyes and she said that was her husband. Honey, I'm home. Yes, yes, that's it exactly. She said that that she was positive that it, it may have looked differently, but she said the look in its eyes, that was her husband. And then it turned and, and walked out into the field and disappeared, and she never saw it again. She said that she was positive. That was her husband. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, it's... Uh, you really, I mean, you know, you can't really, <laughs> what kind of explanation can you give that? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it's one of those things that makes you go, hmm. But considering the, the mythologies of the Native Americans who lived in the area at the time, you know, you have to, you know, say, maybe it was, maybe something happened to him, you know, that, uh, you know, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, you know, for, for some reason turned into that creature, you mm-hmm. know, maybe, maybe that's, that's what happens to, gosh, I mean, what is it? It's like thousands of people, you know, all across the world, just vanish off the face of the earth every, you know, every day. And they're never seen again. You know, a lot of them, you know, they, they run into foul play or they accidentally fall in the river or, 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 or what have you. You know, maybe some of them do, um, you know, end up turning into these things that we would call cryptids, you know, for, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Who knows? <laughs> you know, with Bigfoot, 
people claim that we, the human race, evolved from monkeys. So mm -hmm. is it possible that at some point in our life we change into Bigfoot? We just continue evolving? Could very well be. You know, I mean, you've, uh, I've, I've talked to people who, who say that, yeah, you know, I mean, we, we think, you know, we think that we human beings are at the, uh, the top end of the evolutionary scale when it comes to hominids. Uh, but they say that, no, it's not us. It's, it's the Bigfoot creatures. They're actually more evolved than, than we are. He says, you know, just because, uh, you know, we have technology and, you know, can uh, build things with our, our hands and stuff, you know, why, why would that make us? higher up on the evolutionary scale they said that you know the, the bigfoot creatures you know are, are a lot more evolved than we are mm -hmm. <laughs> i could imagine it you live half your life as a human being and then the last part of your life the other half you instantaneously turn into bigfoot <laughs> could you imagine that uh, yeah i could imagine that um you know uh there, there's a science fiction writer by the name of Larry Niven. Uh, I don't know if you're that familiar with science fiction, but he wrote a series of books uh, called Ringworld. You know about uh, uh, basically a uh, an intelligently made um, world's not the right world, but it, it it would be like a giant ring that surrounded a sun hmm. that was that was made up of um, uh, all the worlds in that solar system that were basically torn apart. And and then built into a giant ring to make for you know like a, a larger um, habitat. Uh, but uh, part of the mythology that he had in this book was that human beings actually came from uh, someplace else. You know that they that we weren't the you know we didn't evolve on Earth that we came from someplace else, and that the uh, uh, that we were just a larval stage. And that if we um, 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 had uh, uh, continued in our original environment, uh, there was another process that was brought along by a plant uh, that was native to, to the home world that would then uh, uh, take us into our adult stage. But since we don't have that on Earth, uh, we never reach the adult stage here on Earth. We just kind of wither and die. When, when in actuality, you know, we're, uh, you know, we're just in our larval stage and that uh, we would continue on uh, to, um, um, to an adult stage, which would then we'd live another, you know, like 300, 400 years or so. So, I, you know, I always found that idea rather intriguing. You know, <laughs> you know what? What? What if that? What if that was true? What if uh, you know? We, what we think of, you know, uh, you know, and especially you, you take it into say like a spiritual sense. You know, what if human beings were just in our larval state, and that you know when we die, you know, that we we continue on into our next stage of life that's not physical. You know the, the the you know like the butterfly in the cocoon. You know the you know, that that we're just caterpillars, and that uh, that death, as you know, however you would want to look at it, is our cocoon, and that when we emerge from that, we're a completely different being. And if you know naturally, I mean, you know, we would refer to it as you know like a spiritual being, mm -hmm. but that that's probably a simplistic that you know that would be a simplistic term, and that we continue on in another you know uh, another life. Life, another state of, of being that's not physical. Exactly. We go from being a caterpillar to a butterfly, if you will. 
Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, speaking of things that floats around in the sky, in the air, I believe it was Chicken Little who went around proclaiming, the sky is falling. But maybe the sky wasn't falling after all. Rather, things were falling from the sky. What do you think? Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a, uh, there's a long, interesting history uh, on this planet of uh, strange things uh, uh, falling from the sky. And, uh, uh, you know, when, when, I wrote, uh, when I wrote this book, America's Strange is Supernatural History, I, I, you know, I wanted to concentrate, you know, on events that, that happened just here in the United States. And I tell you something, I didn't have any problems uh, uh, finding all kinds of uh, just fascinating uh, stories of, uh, uh, of, uh, of weird things raining down from the sky. Um, you know, now anybody you know who who is listening to the show is probably very familiar with the stories of um, of fish and frogs falling from the sky. Yes. I mean that that happens all the time, and gosh, you know, anymore, uh, it's actually uh, reported by uh, the the mainstream media uh, at least a couple of times uh, a year. Uh, I mean, there was a, there was an incident that, that that happened not that long ago that was reported. Uh, that it happened in Australia. Where uh, people um, saw fish falling from the sky, you know, about the size of—I can't remember what the species were. You know, they were—they weren't huge fish, you know, maybe about the size of minnows or small, you know, bluegill, that that sort of thing. And they were—they uh, um, were local fish. I mean, it wasn't anything that they had never seen before. But that's all there was. I mean, it was just those fish, just one species. Now. Um, you know the the experts, you know, and I'll, and I'll put quotation marks around that <laughs> word. You know, they they always say yes. You know, I mean, they they do acknowledge that this does happen, but they say that you know that they uh, that these you know fish or frogs or what have you um, were sucked up, say, like by a tornado or a water spout or something like that. You know, and carried high up into the air and then and then dropped at a at a distance locations. But what they what they can't explain is why these tornadoes and water spouts are so selective. Why do they just suck up one species of fish or frogs or what have you? Why isn't there any gravel or mud or seaweed or things like that? That's never the case. You know, people never report seeing, uh, you know, like like mud and gravel and you know the the typical stuff you would find in like a little lake or mm -hmm. you know. Or the ocean, or something like that, falling, you know, or other, you know, other species of things falling with the fish. No, generally, it's always one species of of animal, and that's it. Um, so, I mean, you know, that's uh, so. You know, uh, and, until they can explain to me, you know, how uh, a meteorological event can be that selective. Then I'm going to say that we're, you know, we're we're talking about something, you know, uh, uh, weird and 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 out of place. Mm -hmm. uh, now, uh, the the one story that Boate everybody always uh, wants me to wants me to talk about this. This this took place in um, Bath County, Kentucky, and this was March of 1876, and uh, people saw flakes of meat falling down from a clear sky. 
over a pretty wide area, you know, a couple of couple of acre area. And I mean, this this wasn't an instance where you know, like uh, maybe one you know one person who was out having a bender uh, uh, saw it. But I mean, you you had a number of families who who lived in this area. Uh, they saw it. And uh, when it was over with, I mean, people were collecting these uh, these uh, bits of meat and blood from uh, on top from uh, on top of the roofs of their houses. You know, they were stuck up and up way up into trees, across fences, and, and things like that. And uh, they they described them. Well, they said that the meat fell like large snowflakes, and um, uh, some of them were large as uh, maybe three to four inches. Um, inside, and when it was all finished, they had like a, a horse wagon full of meat that fell over this area, and uh, they they tried to collect as much as they could, but you know naturally, you know farm animals, you know got got a lot of it, mm-hmm. and there was actually, uh, according to the newspaper account, there was actually two gentlemen who uh, cooked some of this up to determine what it was, and they said that it was either venison or mutton. And I tell you something, uh, <laughs> you, got, you got a couple of uh, really brave guys <laughs> who would do something like that as far as I'm concerned. Um, you wouldn't do that? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, uh, the 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 scientific explanation was that uh there was like a flock of buzzards overhead who had uh you know had had just had a big meal someplace and for some reason I don't know got airsick or something and then you know like uh, uh, uh puked over this area and <laughs> puked all this meat back up uh, which you know some of these explanations uh, uh that you know that these people come up with are uh, to me i mean uh, um, they're really reaching i mean i think it'd be easier to say that you know a flying saucer flew overhead and dumped this meat out than to say that you know uh for the first time ever in history that a flock of buzzards you know d- decided in unison to uh, uh to regurgitate what they just ate over this area <laughs> <laughs> what would make it even better if that was happening and then you had a tornado filled with sharks a sharknado Sharknado, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the sharks could eat the meat while they're attacking you. <laughs> well, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've heard of, uh, what was it, sky spiders before, where, where pilots have uh, mentioned uh, seeing spiders thousands of feet up in the air. Have you heard mm-hmm. about those? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and that's that's something that, I mean, yeah, that 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 does happen i mean you know uh, i mean we're not talking about something you know paranormal or supernatural but i mean you have species of spiders that especially you know at certain times of the year they will hatch you know uh, in mass and the 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 young ones will climb say like uh, you know on top of trees and bushes and they will spin been a uh, a web almost like a little balloon or a sail and uh, and and catch the breeze and uh, and then you know uh, to be you know transported to to new areas and uh, so i mean under the right conditions i mean you've got these things that that can be lifted like really really high up into the air mm-hmm. so yeah i mean it's uh, it would be no trouble at all for these things to 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 get 
you know, up into, uh, you know, the, the parts of the sky where, where, where airlines, you know, are. And, uh, and in fact, boy, I mean, you know, you get, uh, you get a lot of them that end up clumped together and then coming down <laughs> in, 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 you know, pretty much the same generalized area. And it would, it would look like that, you know, you have uh, tiny spiders falling out of the sky. So it's, I mean, that's, uh, uh, to me, that's like the thing of nightmares. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Raining spiders. Uh, well, uh, gosh, where was this? It was just, just last year there was a story that, uh, I mean, it was, in, it was in all the news. I think this was in Brazil where you had, you know, like a similar species, except these spiders got a little bit bigger than the ones that, that do this in the United States. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you had people saying that, you know, there was there was – pretty good sized spiders raining down <laughs> raining down on them from the sky <laughs> oh my i would feel sorry for anyone that's afraid of spiders oh uh, well i mean i'm i'm not afraid of spiders but you know you're not going to see me going out and you know seeking them to to bring home to you know <laughs> snuggle and, and love and <laughs> and things like that and yes. and you know forget about them falling from the sky you know i'll just i'll stay indoors thank you when I was a kid, my dad used to get a book from, I, I think it was Time Life. I forgot exactly what it was called, but it was about the unexplained. Mm -hmm. um, I first learned about spontaneous human combustion by reading one of those books in that series. And I know from your book that you also talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, how many deaths have been uh, attributed to this? Oh, boy. You know, it's, it's, it's really hard to say i mean it's it's not as many as um as you would as you would think i mean it is it is a phenomenon that has been recorded and uh, uh from from ancient times to today um even though you know the skeptics say that it's impossible for the human body to you know spontaneously you know uh, burst into flames and and but it it does happen and uh, fortunately it doesn't happen that often. I would say that it happens if if you can go by um, you know like media reports, which you know uh, um, maybe I don't know uh, five or six times a year throughout the planet. Now, of course, there's probably other instances where that happens that it it isn't brought to the media's attention. So, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's really difficult to say, but it, I mean, it's, uh, um, you know, it, 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 it's not something that, you know, people need to, you know, stay up awake, stay up at night worrying about. I mean, you got a better chance of, uh, of having a car, uh, 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 drive off the road and through your bedroom wall than, uh, um, than, than you accidentally, you know, uh, spontaneously combust in. I know that the human body produces heat, but I wouldn't imagine it can ever produce enough heat to catch the person on fire. But there's also the uh, the other option of ball lightning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, um, and the instance there there have been recorded instances of uh, of people being struck by ball lightning, which uh, you know I mean we're still not quite sure. Uh, what ball lightning is, uh, you know, it's it's associated with uh, with, with, with thunderstorms and uh, with excessive uh, electrical activity. 
But whether or not ball lightning is actually, you know, say, you know, like an electrified uh, field of plasma or, 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 or what have you. But, uh, you know, there was actually a case here in Indiana in the uh, uh, 19, early 19th, middle 19th century. And it turned out it wasn't actually too far away from uh, uh, the place that, that I live where people saw um, – during a, a lightning storm, they saw a, a ball lightning enter a house through a window, and they heard the person inside the house suddenly scream out. And when they went inside, this person had been um, severely burnt. To mm. point. He was dead. And uh, and and they could see, you know, like there was a, like a a, a, a a burnt line from the window across the floor to this guy who, I mean, but he wasn't incinerated like you would see in the cases of a traditional spontaneous human combustion. But then the uh, burnt line then went to the chimney and uh, apparently whatever it was went out through the, uh, through the chimney. Uh, there was a case in, um, let's see, I think this was, um, um, this one was reported. It was in 1960, and uh, um, where uh, the, this this uh, um, husband heard um, uh, his wife scream, and uh, uh, gosh, was it was this in uh, California? I think it was in California. He heard his wife scream, and he went in, and she was like on the floor burning. I mean, she was on fire, and that there was a glowing ball hovering right above her. Um, uh, and, you know, and and he tried, you know, he tried to put her out, uh, you know, like threw a blanket on her and stuff, and uh, it 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 worked, but she ended up dying, um, you know, from from her burns, and uh, and, and again, there there is an association. Uh, in 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 some of these instances with uh, like ball lightning or at least some kind of ball of fire, and and then people burning, but traditionally spontaneous human combustion, when it does occur, the human body will be basically reduced to ashes. There there may be say like a foot or a hand. That remains intact, but that's mm. usually that's usually because it's you know you know w- w- when somebody you know like falls down and dies or, or what have you you know the your your foot or hand is quite a distance away then you know from the rest of your body, and when a, when a person spontaneously combusts, it seems to come from the torso area, and it uh, uh, it will burn a, a person's body completely. I mean, two ashes in a relatively short period of time. And the odd thing about it is, is that other things nearby will not burn. Uh, there's been cases where people have been in their bed, uh, you know, with their, uh, uh, their blankets on top of them, and they'll be found reduced to ashes. They, maybe they will have burnt through the mattress, but the covers um, may be just singed. And uh, nothing else then in the room is burnt. Which you know, under normal circumstances, you know uh, that kind of uh, th- that kind of fire would burn an entire house down. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention that um, it's almost impossible to completely burn a human body. Um, a, a, a crematorium 
I think it burns at around 4,000 degrees yet uh, for, for uh, hours. Yet that isn't enough to completely burn up a human body. The, uh, the remains are then put through crushers to reduce, you know, to, to, to break it down even more. But with cases of spontaneous human combustion, people are reduced to ashes in in a matter of uh, of of uh, a couple of hours. You know, it, it maybe even quicker than that. And uh, 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 there was a case in England where firemen responded uh, to a call uh, to an abandoned building, and they found inside um, a homeless man who. Um, uh, he was like doubled up in pain. He was still alive at this point, but there was smoke coming off of him. So they they rushed to him and they uh, they grabbed him, and there was a slit in his abdomen. And they said that there was blue fire coming out of that slit like a blowtorch. Mm. And they said that there was a noise with it too. I mean, you, you know what you know, like a, a, a like a torch. Yes. Sounds like, you know, uh, when you have uh, like pressurized gas uh, 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 working with it. They said it sounded like that. And uh, uh, they, they, uh, they put it out with a fire extinguisher, but then it came back again. You know, uh, it, like this, this blue roaring flame coming out of this guy's body. And uh, they finally got it put out, but, uh, but he, he then passed away. And that's that seems to be a common element with cases of spontaneous human combustion, especially with people who have survived, is that all of a sudden uh, fire, usually like a blue, very intense flame, will just suddenly just burst forth from some part of their body. And, uh, the, you know, the people who have survived, usually uh, they've survived because they, they weren't alone, that, that there was somebody there with them who was able to uh, uh, help extinguish the flames. But there have been cases where somebody will suddenly burst into flame and somebody – and then, you know, like, uh, like a relative or somebody will try to douse it with water. Mm-hmm. But that seems then to uh, uh, cause the fire to burn even uh, – more fierce. It, it, it's almost like whatever this fire is, it used the water as an accelerant. You know, maybe somehow it was uh, able to break down uh, the hydrogen, you know, out of the water and, uh, and then burn that. You know, for I mean, whatever is going on, I mean, you know, we've we've got something that is it's it's not fire as we normally would think of fire, you know, because a normal fire. Um, would not uh, burn a human body that completely. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, any time that, you know, somebody dies, say, like in a house fire, you know, uh, 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 there's there's always, I mean, you know, there there's never a case where a person has just been reduced to ashes. There's always, you know, I mean, you know, a clearly identifiable human body. And firemen who have come across spontaneous human combustions i mean they're just it changes their life because i mean you know their their experience i mean they know the difference between somebody who has died you know in a normal house fire or a car fire you know what have you to somebody who has died from spontaneous human combustion and they you know i mean it's just uh, they they have no explanation for it and 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 then a lot of times it's covered up you know in the coroner's report um, because, uh, because it's, you know, they, they have no way to explain it. 
You know, so so naturally with a lot of people, if you can't explain it, you you deny it, you cover it up. Mm -hmm. One of these days, we may be able to figure out what's going on with that. And when we do, I can imagine there will be commercials, advertisements for medicine. Have you spontaneously <laughs> combusted in the past? We'll take Sponto today and <laughs> whatever, you know. Well, it, first it'll be, uh, it, it, it'll be one of those side effects to some other kind of me medication. You know, <laughs> you know do, do, not do not take Lovatko, you know, if you have spontaneously human combusted, you know. <laughs> 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 Warning, side effects may be severe diarrhea and spontaneous combustion. <laughs> All at the same time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know you're you're right though i mean what were all of these things that we have been talking about today probably have a well i mean I, i'm not gonna say probably they have a scientific explanation it's just a science that we have not discovered yet you know, uh, you know, someday we'll have a better understanding of these things as we have a better understanding of how our universe actually works. You know, so, I mean, you know, you, you have you know, the, the debunkers, you know, say that it's not possible that, that these things can happen. You know, well, you know, they're, they're wrong. It is possible. We just don't understand how it happens. You know, it used to be that, you know, uh, there's no scientific explanations when, um, you know, a uh, uh, um, rocks fell out of the sky you know now we know that space is full of uh, uh of rocks and when they fall from the sky we call them meteorites you know it's the same thing with the rest of this stuff someday we'll have a better understanding of it yes we will one day if we're still here in our lifetime we will figure this out yep may not be in our lifetime maybe Damn some it. of yeah, and maybe some of it, you know, but uh, <laughs> you know, you got to you got to get a lot of these uh, uh, a lot of these guys um, off their butts and 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 not be so fearful of their careers or ridicule from their peers to to actually uh, attempt to uh, to do the research, do the proper research to get a better understanding of this stuff. Uh, right now, there's just too much um, fear, uh, especially you know with, with with scientists and academias, that uh, you know if, if they even show interest in this kind of unusual phenomena, that they'll be really ridiculed, they'll lose their jobs, you know they'll be forced to you know sell fries at the local you know fast food place. And, you know, I mean, that's, uh, um, you know, in, in this economy, that's, that's a bit, that's a big fear. So, I mean, you know, we're going to have to have some, some brave souls who, you know, who will just say, you know, well, you know, damn you all, I'm interested in this stuff and I'm going to get down to, uh, to the bottom of it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so much great information with America's strange and supernatural history that it would take more hours than we have today. But, but I do want to touch on, uh, Near the end of your book, there's a section which talks about prophecies of some of our past presidents. Could you tell us about some of those? Oh, sure. Well, you know, uh, uh, right from, you know, well, gosh, I mean, even before uh, the United States was a country, I mean, you had uh, uh, George Washington, who uh, was uh, who, who is very spiritual, and uh, he would uh, he would pray. 
uh, every day, you know, at the, at the beginning and at the end of the day, uh, especially uh, during uh, the, the the revolution uh, times when, you know, uh, naturally he he wasn't sure if he was doing if he was doing the right thing. I mean, you know, we hmm. we we look at them now as you know as as patriots and heroes and things like that. Well, I mean, back then um, they were treasonous. Yeah, they they were terrorists. You know, I mean, if if we really want to look, you know, uh, look properly at them, I mean, they were they were considered, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, enemies of uh, of of England, and uh, uh, you know, and and terrorists. So Washington said that he actually had a vision uh, one one day when uh, uh, when he was praying, and uh, he said that. Uh, that he saw uh, a vision of a beautiful lady that appeared before him, and uh, she called him son of the Republic, and she said, look and learn. And he said that I looked and beheld a heavy white vapor rising at some distance, and that he saw a strange scene, and he saw that uh, the world was laid out before him in a great plain, and that all the countries of the world, Europe, Asia, Africa, and America. He said that he could see that America had become, uh, it was more than this, the 13 colonies, that it was, it was a country all of its own. And that he said that he saw the other countries basically ganging up on America and attacking it. And that, uh, uh, that America would always, always manage to, um, fight off these attacks. And that, and the vision that he was given was that America had a special, a special place on this planet. And and I'm kind of paraphrasing, you know, here, Mm -hmm. Uh, but that that uh, 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 that that America was um, foretold to be in a special place on this planet, and that uh, that that we were actually um, chosen, that we were beloved by God, to put our you know like democratic values you know out there as an example for the rest of the countries, and that we wouldn't you know I mean it it it, it wouldn't be an easy time for us that you know you had these other these other you know uh, places in the world that that would definitely fight us, and that uh, that there would be um, 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 several very devastating battles uh, involving the United States and that there's one according to this prophecy according to this prophecy that still has not come about yet hmm. and that uh, that he said that he saw um, uh, the countries of uh, from uh, like the northern realms uh, and you know interpreters have it as say you know say like you know Russia and China and you know places like that who would uh, who would who would attack the country and uh, but that that ultimately that the United States would prevail and uh, and and you know we would uh, um, and that we would remain so uh, throughout uh, you know, throughout history, mm-hmm. and that's you know that's just one example. I mean, you know, Abraham Lincoln, you know, he had uh, he had prophecy a prophecy of his own death, you know, where where he said that he had a dream one night where he went into a room in the White House and that he couldn't see people, but he heard uh, people crying that and that there was a coffin at the end of the room. And uh, uh, but it was a closed coffin, and uh, he he asked out loud. He says, "You know, who's died?" And somebody uh, said, spoken to his ear, said, "The president is dead. He's been shot." And then supposedly, not too long afterwards, you know, he was assassinated. Mm-hmm. But I'm the president, and I'm alive. 
That's right. That's right. You know, and you know his wife, Mary Todd. I mean, you know, she uh, she was uh, she was very big into the spiritualist movement that was going on at the time, and she had been told by a a medium that her husband, that Abraham Lincoln, would not live to complete his term, mm. and uh, she she was extremely uh, uh, frightened that 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 you know he would die violently. Mm-hmm. I've actually heard that. President Lincoln is still haunting the White House. Have you heard about that? Oh yeah, yeah. There, um, gosh, there's been several presidents who who claim that they have actually seen his ghost. There, you know, there's the the Lincoln bedroom that uh, 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 guests will sleep in and and say that they have seen his uh, seen his spirit. I can't remember. I think it was uh, it was President Truman who. I mean, he claimed that he actually saw. Uh, uh, Lincoln's spirit one time uh, um, come into his uh, to Truman's study while he was working one night. You know there wasn't any you know words exchanged or anything like that. He just said he saw you know uh, um, and he said he was positive it was the ghost of Lincoln. So he walked into the uh, into his study, looked at him, turned around, walked back out again. You, know, <laughs> you think, mm-hmm. uh, uh, gee, if you're going to go and make all that trouble to come in and uh, and visit me at least say something <laughs> <laughs> i actually heard that uh presidents can hear president lincoln walking back and forth if our country is going to be facing some sort of great event that's going to hmm. challenge us hmm i've you know i've heard that as well and it would be interesting to know if that has happened and we haven't been told about it you know, because you especially think in in recent times, you know, say with nine eleven and mm-hmm. situations like that, whether or not you know people have have reported this and it's been hushed up, you know, because yeah, I tell you something, you know, you 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 live in the White House. I think practically every president and and you know the associates who have lived in the White House have have ex- had some kind of supernatural experience. It doesn't always get out though until years later, and uh, so I mean it's just it, it it would be really interesting to 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 hear, um, you know, uh, just just what has happened, you know, with with these presidents because I mean everybody you know everybody thinks that these guys. Um, are are you know like you know very you know rock solid and serious and you know and have no no time or room for supernatural events, but um, you know yeah well, you, you look at uh, President Reagan. I mean uh, Reagan uh, believed in uh, astrology. Uh, he believed in um, extraterrestrial life. Uh, he was very interested in the UFO phenomena. You know, President President Clinton. One of the thing, you know, one of the things that he wanted to do while he was in office was to, you know, find out what, uh, um, you know, what the the military and the intelligence services knew about the UFO phenomena. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so. <laughs> well, you know, Tim, I definitely appreciate that you came here with us this evening. Why don't you tell the audience some about what you do, your show, and what your upcoming guest uh, is going to be about? Your show is going to be about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, um, if uh, if you want to know um, um, 
more about me and, and, and my books and things like that, you can go to my website, which is conspiracyjournal.com. I'll say that again, conspiracyjournal.com. Uh, you know, that, uh, lots of interesting articles there and then uh, uh, links, to, links to my books, which you can also find at amazon.com. Uh, my show is called The Outer Edge, and it's heard uh, Sunday nights at midnight, Eastern Time, on the uh, PSN dash radio.com network and uh, my my co-host is uh, William Michael Mott and uh, we just uh, we have all kinds of uh, uh, interesting guests every week uh, we, you know we have like Tim Beckley and uh, uh, people like that uh, um, um, uh, Scott Teeters uh, uh, Olaf Phillips and uh, uh, right now we're trying to uh, uh, get a guest for for our next episode. But also, I mean, your uh, your audience may be interested in. Uh, I put out a a free weekly email newsletter called uh, the Conspiracy Journal newsletter, and uh, it just go to my website, and uh, there'll be a place that you can uh, uh, sign in with your email address, and uh, you'll get a uh, you know you'll get an email back asking you to confirm that yeah you know this is this is who I am, and then you'll uh, you'll get every week the uh, Conspiracy Journal newsletter. It's free. It's a uh, an aggregate of all the uh, weird and interesting uh, stories um, from this past week. I've got stringers, you know, like all over this world who send me uh, these stories uh, every day. And then I have to go and weed them out and break it down to about, you know, seven or ten different uh, different stories. And uh, I tell you, it's, uh, it, it's all the weird and interesting news that they don't want you to know. Mm, I love the way you do that. <laughs> <laughs> the last question is, if time travel were real, here and today, where would you go to and what would you do? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Boy, that's a that's a, that's a that's a question. You know, because you know, I you know, it it would be great to go into the future and see, you know, what 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 happens. Um what happens to us in the future. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, you, you You've got you've got the cliche of like you know oh well, you know I'll go back into the past and you know see why the Titanic sank, um, except that I saw a cartoon not too long ago that it it said that the reason the Titanic sank was because it was overfilled with time travelers who came back to see why the Titanic sank. <laughs> <laughs> I think that if I could travel back maybe into the far, far distant past to see if, you know, like a lot of these uh, stories that we read about or, or see, you know, like on, on these shows like Ancient Aliens. And I'd love to see whether or not the Earth was visited at one time in the past, you know, by, by uh, extraterrestrials and whether or not they actually had anything to do with, uh, with, you know, with the development of human beings. You know, because I, I suspect even I, I suspect that for the most part that humans, you know, did evolve to a certain extent on this planet. Uh, but I think that uh, there, there's probably a good possibility that that we may have been helped along the way, you know, by an outside source. And and I'd love to go back into the far distance past just to see if that was actually the case. Mm -hmm. I've always wondered if we originally came from Mars. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Because now we're finding out that Mars at one time was filled with water, at least. And with water, we would have to imagine there's grass, trees, 
life and something happened we came here yeah yeah well you know there's there's a there's a great movie that uh that was made by uh hammer films in like 1967 that uh it's uh here in the united states it was released under the title uh five million years to earth um in 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 england it was called quarter moss in the pit and that was that was the scenario. They uh, that uh, they, they were uh, digging a new uh, subway line in the middle of London, and they come across a uh, an ancient crash spaceship, and inside are the remnants of Martians, and with them are, um, are are hominid creatures that obviously had been taken from Earth to Mars and then modified, given uh, like bigger brains, and then brought back. You know, with the uh, with the implication that um, you know we're we've been genetically modified by Martians, so that mm-hmm. and that basically we are Martians. <laughs> so yeah, that 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 would be fascinating to to see if that actually happened or not. <laughs> <laughs> 